We're going to continue talking about this in service. Open your Bible to 2 Timothy chapter 1. That's where we're going to be today as we, we look at something that I'll be quite honest with you. I've never read 2 Timothy and had the kind of thought that I'm going to share with you today, not because uh, it, it's something new that I have uncovered in Scripture. If anyone ever finds a Bible code, um, run the other way. But, um, but I think something that's been there so obvious I've never looked for it because God hasn't had my mind wrapped uh, around um, this week as I've been praying over the sermon and where we were going to be and Carrie coming to share and us talking about homebound. I'll give you a little bit of our backstory. Um, gosh, months ago, a little over a year ago, uh, I was talking with John Triplett just about missions. And uh, when we moved here, uh, we were in the spring area and we were right at 1960 and 45. And 1960 and 45 at the time, uh, from 1960 at 45 up to uh, 249 or whatnot was the busiest strip for um, human trafficking at that time in, in Houston. And uh, right, right in our backyard, and, and, I, and I told John, uh, when we were talking about missions, I said, we have to do something. We, when, when, when 40 million people around the world are in that, when America is the number one consumer of child pornography in the world, when, this is an old stat, I mean, old stat, 2014, I want you to hear this, when 82% of boys under 18 and 63% of girls under 18 have been exposed regularly to pornography five years ago, has technology changed since then? Dramatically, dramatically, when we, are, when we are normalizing this idea of, of I can have what I desire, when we create this consumer-driven mentality, and that darkness that, that Carrie talked about, church, is, is here. It's not coming it's not one day. It's not, it's not to be blamed on a political party. It's not to be blamed on a tool. It's not to be, to be blamed on an event. Sin. Sin is resting upon us. And, and our lust for it is claiming our own children. Why don't you process that just a moment? Our lust and affirmation of sin is claiming our children. You know what? I never had that thought when I was a teenager. When, when images were popping on the screen. When, when, when movies that had a rating on them that allowed me to go to it that teased me. I never thought I'm being drawn in by the enemy to a world that will impact me and my children and my children's children. Never had that thought. And yet that's the reality we live in. The biggest movies in the world, the biggest TV shows in the world, they program our mind. And they open up this door. And, and, and here's kind of the, the problem with it. We have this culture that is being built on a foundation of shame. And it's an interesting look at shame. It's an, it's an odd view of shame. Because the, the, our culture around us, our life around us, is, is wooing us and saying that this is all right. This is okay. 
This is, this is good. You know what? Everyone has their own truth. If this is your truth, it's all right. This is what the culture says. But do you know what the Spirit says to us? You know that's not true. You know it. You, you know in your heart that what you're finding delight in has the aftertaste of death. You know in your heart that what you're doing now is opposed to what you're made for, what you're called to in Christ Jesus. You know that. Isn't that what sin does? Doesn't it taste sweet for the moment and sour for the lifetime? Isn't that what it, what it does? When I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about Unbound, and I was reading 2 Timothy chapter 1, I, I, I just saw for the first time counsel for the shameful. Counsel for those who are ashamed. See, here's what I know about abuse, especially sexual abuse. We see in the news. It's that the person who finds themselves in this issue is specifically, but all over, feels shame, and that traps them. You know, because shame says, part of this is your fault. Shame says, you're damaged goods. Shame says, you're not able to be redeemed. Shame says don't step into the light because if they see what you participated in somewhat freely, you won't be welcomed. You see, that's what shame does. Not only is shame used to oppress someone, shame is a prison. Shame locks us in. And, and have you ever found yourself this way? Have you ever found yourself preaching redemption to someone but not believing it yourself? Have you ever been at that point to where you have told someone, Jesus loves you, he forgives you, he wants you, but you and yourself won't even take that on. You, you just believe the trappings of, of your actions have gone too far. Or even as you speak it. Church, I, I'm telling you, when I read First, Second Timothy chapter 1, this is where I landed. And I thought, the Lord throws a lifeline out to us. And this word from, from Paul to Timothy that was inspired by the Holy Spirit because it is the Lord's rescue plan for those who call upon His name, even if they're trapped. So let's read it that way. Second Timothy chapter 1. We'll read all the way down to verse 7 and into verse 8, just a hair. The Bible says this, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from the God of the Father, God the Father, and Christ Jesus our Lord. Verse 3, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day, as I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that first dwelt, dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you. For this reason I remind you to fan, the flame, fan into flame the gift of God 
which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Verse 8, just the first part. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Now, now catch this. We're not going to go somewhere Scripture doesn't take us. Timothy is not involved in human trafficking. Timothy is, is not engaged in what we would call, uh, in, in our world, public um, uh, sinful um, discipline. If we were to look at Timothy, here's what's happening with Timothy. We don't know the circumstances around it, but Timothy, Paul is concerned, is acting ashamed of the gospel by his actions. Now today, you and I might come up to someone in this situation and say, hey, you know what? Everybody gets scared every now and then. It's okay. Right? We would move on. But what if we look at this as Scripture puts it down to, Paul says, Timothy, you are acting as if the calling of God, the value that God has placed on your life, is not for you. He doesn't address what's caused him to act this way. We know that Paul was in prison at this point. We know that Paul was unpopular. We know being Paul's disciple would have been unpopular. Timothy, a younger guy, by himself in the middle of this Roman Empire where culture and sin it looks a whole lot like what we're in today and and it's just not popular and he's alone and and you just wonder if in that isolation you just wonder if he started to feel unworthy like i wish i was paul you, you wonder if he started to feel just like there was no light like i i'm not my family line i'm I'm damaged goods. I'm, we, don't, we don't know. But something is causing Timothy, who God has laid his hands on through Paul and commissioned him for a calling, to pull back. Now, I'm just going to take a step. I want you to know Jesus Christ has a call on your life. Scripture just proclaims his breath over that. What shame does is it tells you that calling is no longer for you because. As we talk about human trafficking and sin, do you know what traps you? Freedom is no longer here for me because this is just who I am. My, my family is broken. When I see another family who's running hard after Christ together, it doesn't inspire me. It just reminds me that's not my lot in life. God does not call me or desire me to be a godly husband that leaves my family because my family's too broken. Our dynamics are too messed up. I, I can never speak about it. We look at it and we say, you know what? I wish I could reach out. I wish I could help. I, I wish, I, I, I would love to be in a small group. I would, I, would I would just love just to follow the simple things of God. But, but I know my sin. And I wish I had a testimony of redemption like them. But, but it's not for me. See, that's being ashamed of the gospel. Isn't that interesting? See, what being ashamed of the gospel looks like, it, it believes that the gospel is put in front of you to affirm your brokenness. The Bible says that the gospel was put in front of us to show us what healing was, 
where healing resides. Paul loves Timothy. I, I love this, and I am Carrie's story just about this, this her friend Wendy taking this child home, or back to her, this child's home. It, it struck me, I'm, I'm listening, and I'm thinking, man, look what Paul does. He just says, I thank God for my ancestors, and I'm trying to follow him, and I'm trying to, to be around him, and I'm trying to live in their lineage. But Timothy, when I remember you, it's with joy. He affirms, you are important to me. You are meaningful to me. Listen, you are not alone. You have a family of faith around you. Just look at Eunice. Just just think about Lois. You may not think it's a lot, but there are people around you of faith that God has put in your life to encourage you. Not just them, he says, but for me too. So don't step back. From the the flame of God fan it fan this spark listen allow the Lord to warm you up allow the Lord to light your path you see when we step away in shame from the calling of God when we allow our disappointment in ourselves, our anger with ourselves, our, our rejection for whatever we're going when we allow it to cause us to back up from the light of Jesus Christ we are walking into a deeper darkness not because God draws us or wants us there but because we are being bought into we are buying into these lies from the pit of hell and so paul says if you if you fall asleep in my reading right now start here don't back up from the light you walk up to it and flame it you see what what's coming because the gospel is here not to burn you but to heal you to clean you to draw you near the gospel is not here to show the light on you to show your sin and and to judge and condemn you the bible says in john 3 Jesus didn't come to judge the world. We've already judged ourselves. Our sin has judged us guilty. He came to rescue it. If Jesus Christ didn't come, he would still, we would still be judged in our sin. Not because Christ came to judge us, but because our sin calls us guilty. We all know it. Christ came to save us. So when we get close to the light, when we fan it into the flame, what we're saying is this, Christ, be more. Show me more. The, the enemy wants you to think that the closer you get to Christ, the closer you get to hell. That's what he wants you to think. You fan that flame and you're going to get burned because you are damaged. You are broken. Your marriage was broken. Your sin has broken you. Your addictions have broken you. Your view of self has broken you. Your arrogance has broken you. As you fan it in the flame, God will heal the brokenness, not affirm it. You see, he then goes into this amazing pattern when he says, so don't be ashamed. And, and I want you to follow this link, like the link in a chain, because this is what you need to hear today, and this is what you and I need to share with those who are broken, who are struggling in sin, who have claimed Christ specifically and have, have pulled back from him. This is where it starts in your Bible. Look at verse 8 and verse 9. It says, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me as prisoner. Now catch this. But share in the suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Pause right there before we go on. Listen. 
Catch that again. The Bible says, but share in the suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Church, walking with Christ in a dark world that despises the light of Christ, that wants to lift up. Lift up sin and trap you in their shame and have power over you will want you to suffer if you think you are better than it and can rescue yourself or you can step out of it. Because here's the thing, everyone trapped in sin is trying to self-rescue. Everybody. And when someone gets free and it's not the person trapped, often there is sinful desires it's not woohoo you got free it's why not me the world wants you and I to suffer when we escape the bonds of sin and shame and so it blackmails us it blackmails us with our past that we participated in sin willfully it blackmails us and Paul says Timothy not that no suffering will come but you will endure that suffering not by your power but by the power of God the dynamite of the Lord in other words you will endure this with the overcoming champion right there with you you will endure this with the almighty God by you the power of God will carry you through your suffering and you may say but how does the power of God look different why is it different than the power that is in me well, the Bible explains that. Read verse 9. It says, the power of God, who? So now, Paul knows this. Timothy, you need to know who is supplying the power. Why it's different. Why walking with him through your suffering matters. Verse 9. Who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. Here, here's the deal. You are suffering with a God who gave you a purpose and who gave you a calling in Christ Jesus. When you accept Christ Jesus, your Lord and your Savior, that becomes obvious. But here's the reality. You having salvation to be redeemed, to be beautiful, to have life was his idea. It wasn't your idea. So the beauty of that is, if he had that idea while you were still covered in filth before you came to know him, it's still his idea now, no matter what you've done or where you've been. The power of God to endure the suffering was thought of before you ever sinned or before you'll go home this afternoon and sin. It's not to affirm it. Don't, don't you be deceived. It's to offer you to, re to be rescued to know that life is sustained, that, that life is not just endurable, but overwhelmingly victorious because it was God's idea. And in Christ Jesus, your idea can't overcome his. You are made safe and stable because of him. So it's God's idea. And then keep going here in verse 10. It says this, it says, let's go back to verse 9, sorry. Which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, verse 10. And which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, now catch this. Look who Jesus is who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Fan the flame. 
He says, you don't be ashamed because you suffer with the power of God. You are not in your own. Do not shrink back. Do not walk away. Don't let the change of this world hold you down. Do not let the sin that's been entangled you. You confess that sin and you bring it to God. He is not calling to just affirm you in your brokenness and said, you know what? You're broken. I will let you relax with me forever in brokenness. That would be hell. It would be hell to have a God who loves you that says, you can endure eternity broken with me. He, he gives us the gospel to bring healing. Christ came to make us more. It was his idea, and through the manifestation of Jesus Christ, he made his idea obvious to us. In the coming of his son, he said, here is Jesus. Here's the one to set you free. Here's the path forward. It says, in Jesus Christ, he abolishes death and he brings to life. Excuse me, he brings life and immortality to light through the gospel. If, if you are stuck and struggling in this shame chamber, the Bible says, first of all, the power of God can set you free and the power of God was made evident, leak number one, in Jesus Christ, who is the abolisher of death, the cleaner of our soul, the restorer of life, and the bringer of light into our dark place through the gospel. See, sometimes I think we try to counsel people or rescue people in our strength. You see, Paul's about to get to himself. But he starts by saying, rescue starts by understanding you will be rescued by the power of God in whom it was his idea and whom the obvious manifestation, the key point, the can't miss it is Jesus Christ. And then he says, after you understand where the power comes from and who he is and, and who Christ is, then we can look at my life. But it's not how you think. Verse 11. It says, for which I was appointed. Now he's talking about the gospel for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher. Verse 12, which is why I suffer as I do, but I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed. And I'm convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. I just want you to see this. This is wise counsel. Don't let that go off the screen too much. This is wise counsel. If you want to know life, or if you want to offer hope to someone, your testimony is important because your testimony reflects authenticity in what you believe. See, Paul says it here. If I, if I were to probably tattoo something on my arm, I don't like needles, so it's not happening. I would just want to put, I know in whom I have believed. I am certain of his ability. I am convinced of who he is. This is how I stand. This is how I endure my suffering. This is how I find restoration in life when I stumble and I sin. This is how I walk back to the Lord. This is my testimony, Timothy. I'm telling you not to be ashamed. The only reason I stand unashamed is not because I am worthy in my filth. It's not because God can take me as I am. It's not because God condescends to 
my level. The only reason I stand, the only reason I walk with the Lord, the only reason I have life and hope is because by the power of God I endure sufferings because he appointed me and called me. It was his idea and I am sustained and alive in Christ Jesus church and by that timothy says that is who i believe that is what i am certain will help me endure that's my story it's not i was able i figured it out i'm smart enough i was lucky you know the only i in this is is paul saying i am just a clear glass showing you who christ is in a broken vessel church this is how we offer hope it's not by being the best at fill in the blank. This is how we offer life. Is we show, I stand here unashamed of the gospel because I bear witness to his cleansing power. Oh, the world doesn't want that. In fact, I know some of you in here today want to believe it. But it's just difficult to buy into. Listen, if you and I are going to rescue the perishing and care for the dying, you must know in whom you believe. You must be convinced of his power. That's where it starts. Otherwise, the power of hell is stronger than your doubt. The power of the enemy is more cunning than your wisdom. So, so church, rescuing the perishing and caring for the dying means you and I surrendering our life to a God whom we believe. And we are certain is able. And in that place, we stand unashamed that he picks me up when I fall, that he offered forgiveness when I stumble, that, that he made me something today that I was not back then. Paul's final challenge to Timothy just echoes his own testimony. I want you to hear it, rescuing. The Bible says this, in the very last verse we'll look at, verse 13 and 14. Follow the pattern of sound words. You, Timothy, he's giving advice. You follow the patterns of sound words that you've heard from me. So he's going backwards. Look at my testimony. And he says this, in faith and in love that are in Jesus Christ, all the words that I share with you that are worth anything are the words of Jesus Christ. Because that's the only place where power and freedom and forgiveness and hope they just dissolve and disintegrate shame. He says, so, so look to Christ because he's the abolisher of death. And then he says this, by the Holy Spirit. Now, all of this, you're going to follow my words that are rooted in Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells within us, guard the good deposit that's entrusted to you. Don't be ashamed of the light that God deposited in you. This deposit, it, it's like a token. It's a guarantee of more to come. 
you, you aren't supposed to protect it by the power of the Holy Spirit. Protect it. Guard it. Live in that freedom. That young lady who has that Bible today, my prayer is not that she guarded it because she's not strong enough to keep it. My prayer is that the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit of God, that he kept that word safe. And her story may not be known until we reach eternity together, but he guarded it because he is able. Why? Because we know in whom we've believed. And we are convinced that he is able. Because of who he is and what he has done, abolished death and brought light. Because he is the manifestation of, of God, whom by his power you and I are able to endure sufferings. So therefore, do not be ashamed and fan to flame the light. Church, you and I must believe it. Because the world needs to see our inferno. It needs to incinerate these dark places. We need to light it up. Because that is where life is found in Christ Jesus alone. So let's, let's set hell on fire. And it starts in you. Because if you don't have the Spirit of God guarding you, then you're protecting the wrong deposit. Scripture says this, that while you were still broken, Christ died for you. Because in His plan, your death is abolished and life is offered and it is found in following hard after Him. This morning, do you need to follow Jesus Christ for the first time? Out of your shame, so that Christ can set you free and use you to fan a flame to set others free as well. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, we love you so much. We thank you this morning, God, not for the darkness that we talk about, but we thank you, God, that the darkness cannot stand before the light. We praise you, Jesus that you are the light, the manifestation, what is visible of the power of God. So, Father God, don't let us back away from the light, but let us draw near to it. Let us know your warmth. Let us know your hope, God. Not on our terms. We don't come to you, God, saying, Lord, warm me up and my shame and sin to make my shame and sin okay. Lord Jesus, I pray right now that the truth would be evident. That shame causes suffering, but that suffering can be endured and overcome by the dynamite, the power of God, through Christ Jesus our Lord. Lord, let your hand be upon those who are going into these dark places to rescue these children and women and boys and even men. Father God, right now, Lord, would you snuff out the light that is stirring desire in our country. 
And I pray that you would do it by letting the true light of Christ overwhelm these dark pretenders. In Jesus' name, amen.